Nicole was a team leader in a global communications business, and we were discussing how to keep your team focused on what matters most when she raised her hand and said, all right, so there's a clash in priorities between my team and another department, and we have to work with them. So how do I handle that? Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. As we're getting started today, I heard from a listener who was asking a question. I asked her if she had come across the answer in Winning Well or Courageous Cultures, and she admitted, oh, I have not read those books. So if you have not, I know you're listening, so you might be more of a listener than a reader. They're both available on audiobooks. So Winning Well, A Manager's Guide to Getting Results Without Losing Your Soul, and Courageous Cultures, How to Build Teams of Micro-Innovators, Problem Solvers, and Customer Advocates. And you will find both of those on Audible. And Courageous Cultures, Karen and I narrate ourselves. So if you like listening to us, that's where you can hear more of us. All right, let's get to it. There's a conflict in priorities. And this is a a common question that we hear from leaders at just about every level. Now, when you find a clash in priorities, many times what kind of average leaders will do, they'll back off or become a victim or make excuses. And that's not uncommon. A lot of leaders, a lot of managers do that. But the effective ones, and I know that's who you want to be, effective leaders navigate these conflicts. And you can build your career and your influence in the process of doing that. When you master some of the strategies I'm going to share with you, you'll become known for bringing people together to get results. So the first step when you confront conflicting priorities is to get your story straight. We call this navigating your narrative. No one woke up that morning with the goal of driving you crazy. Most of the time, they're not even aware there's a conflict. So start by getting rid of any of the victim thinking that you might have, and you want to tap into your power. You've identified a conflict. This is an opportunity to help everyone be more productive. Next, we want to cultivate curiosity. So when you find a clash in priorities, what's the problem? It helps to actually dig and understand what's going on here, what exactly is happening. Let's say that another team isn't prioritizing the work that you rely on in order to achieve your goals. So start by having a conversation with your peer. For example, You might say, I've noticed that the last three requests we submitted each came back in three weeks. We're under the impression that these would be turned around in one week. I'm curious, how does this look on your end? So you've approached it with an inspire conversation. I've noticed you haven't cast any blame. You're just stating facts, what your understanding was versus the reality. And when you have these conversations, you'll find that there are many different reasons and causes. Occasionally, you might be working with an underperforming team. But most of the time, there's a conflicting priority. They've moved your needs down the list because there's something else going on. So as you have these curiosity conversations, try to listen and check for understanding about what you heard without getting defensive. Once again, for example, so it sounds like you've had some people out sick and you're getting pressure to deliver that product revision. Do I have that right? You can't go any further until you're both on the same page about what's happening. From there, you want to create clarity. Your goal with the curiosity question and conversation is to create clarity about the nature of the conflict. When the other person confirms your understanding of their situation, 
Now it's time to share your perspective. For example, you might say something like, My understanding is the project we're working on together is supposed to deliver at the same time as the product revision. Do you understand that the same way? If they agree, then you can move to the next step. If they don't understand the priorities the same way you do, though, that's a good thing. You've created clarity. You're each working from a different definition of success. Now that you know that, you can do something about it. This happens all the time. It's not unusual. It doesn't mean anything's broken. Savvy leaders are good at diagnosing these conflicts. Now, in order to create additional clarity, a next step might be to invite your peer to a conversation with your supervisor or your mutual supervisor to get more clear priorities. When the three of you meet, you can quickly recap the clarity that you've already established and then ask for help understanding what actually matters most. So this conversation might look like this. My team's been having trouble meeting our milestones on this project because our data requests are taking longer than expected. When we talked about it, it became clear that we're working from different priorities. So I was under the impression that both of these projects should be delivered at the same time, but her understanding is that her team needs to get that one done faster. We'd like to get some clarity on the timelines and priorities. Now, you don't want to treat these conversations as a chance to blame or excuse poor performance. It's an objective statement of facts, the nature of the conflict or the unclear priorities, and a request for their perspective and help with clarity. When you approach it this way, your leaders will often realize that they've unintentionally created conflicting priorities and the consequent conflict between teams. And a quick conversation can clear it up and get everyone working from the same definition of success. And yes, when the other team was truly underperforming, those conversations have a way of resolving that pretty quickly. Next, you're going to ask, how can we? In some situations, the conflict results from multiple conflicting priorities from many different leaders. Other times, there's no leadership guidance, and you and your peers or even vendor partners have to navigate the conflicts yourself. This is a good opportunity to ask a how-can-we question. For example, how do you think we might meet both of our timelines? Is there a way I can help you? How can we help each other? Asking how-can-we focuses everyone involved on possible solutions rather than getting paralyzed by the problem. And next, you want to schedule the finish. Whether you got more clarity from your boss or worked out a mutual agreement with your peer, don't leave the results to chance. Schedule the finish. Make an agreement of what done looks like and how everyone will know. When are you going to meet? When are you going to exchange, finish product, or update? Whatever it looks like. As the agreement's made, schedule a time in a week or two where you'll meet five or ten minutes to review the commitments you made and explore any new problems that might arise. Conflicting priorities are a fact of life, but those are some steps you can use to rise above them and turn those conflicts and frustrations into opportunities to demonstrate your own leadership. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. We've got a heartfelt question today 
And uh, before I get to it, I just want to make sure you know that I would love to answer your question. If you have a leadership or management-related question or a question relevant to any of the previous 70, 80 episodes of the show, love to get that and answer it here for you. You can submit it one of two ways. You can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com, click the big orange button, and leave your message there. Or you can email it to me, david.dye, D-Y-E, at letsgrowleaders.com. And I look forward to answering your question in a future episode. Okay, today's question from Anonymous is with regard to our last episode on overcoming adversity. And we heard from the Navy SEAL Jason Redman, who had overcome a tremendous amount of adversity in his life and and was talking about the challenges of getting off the X when you're caught in the crossfire, you're experiencing life's ambushes. And the question that came in was simply this. David, I'm a black person living in the United States, and I hear what you and Jason are saying about overcoming adversity. And I get that. I really do. One of the things I find challenging is when people look at me and think that I'm a model of resiliency because I've had to be black in America. On some level, that might be true, but it's also frustrating. My question is, as a leader, or as leaders in general, how much effort should we put focused on resiliency or overcoming adversity, and how much on changing the sources of those adversity? And to whoever sent this question, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. It's an important question. And first I would say, I want to acknowledge the reality of your experience and the experience of so many people who, you know, a life history of different injustices and all of the problems that exist. And all of that is very real. And I think the answer to your question from a leadership perspective, and there are so many different directions and angles you can take on this, but from a leadership perspective, I would say two things. One is absolutely every leader should be working to make the world better tomorrow than it is today. I mean, that's the essence of leadership, right? We're coming together to build a better tomorrow. And where I think Jason's message about overcoming adversity is relevant to this and how these work together is that if you're caught in the X and paralyzed by the pain and the injustice and the trauma and all of the things that are happening there, we're stuck. It's very hard to make any progress and get off the X, as Jason says, and then start changing what needs to be changed. And so frequently, in order to make those productive changes and start leading change to prevent other people from having that same ambush or experiencing that same problem, as leaders, we have to manage our own resiliency. How do we get off the X? Well, that's where the Jason's five steps come in realizing that we're caught in a problem, evaluating our resources, assessing what options we have and what the consequences of those things will be, choosing one, communicating that to our team, and then taking action. Right, That process gets us moving again. And so I don't want to underestimate the difficult challenge that can be depending on the circumstances. You know, and as Jason said in that episode, you know, if you think about the, the most tragic individual circumstances of, say, losing a child in a, in a traumatic way or things like that, that's not an easy 
thing to, to move through or overcome, nor should it be. That's part of our human journey and human experience. But as leaders, if we're looking to make the changes in the world that we want to make, I think we've got to start by doing the things we need to do to build our own resiliency so that we can move forward and keep that change happening. So I appreciate the question. I think it's overcome, acknowledge the adversity, build our own resiliency muscles so that we can keep working and leading the change the world needs. Thanks for that question, and I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. So again, conflicting priorities are a fact of life, and growing businesses are naturally going to have those tensions, and they only become problems if they're not addressed. So when there's a clash in priorities, remember that it's a fantastic opportunity for you to lead and make a more strategic impact. And when you do, you'll be the leader you want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.